The last of the great human freedoms is the ability to choose one's attitude in any given circumstance. And I can extract myself from the suffering because my attitude can trump my ego's frustration about the situation if I lock in power of my mind to choose differently. I'm going to master this thing called teaching. And I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm going to travel whatever distance. I'm going to pay whatever price to give my service of love across this planet. And I'm not going to let any human being on the face of this planet stop me, not even myself. And genius is available in all of us in the area of our highest value when we care enough intrinsically to be inspired to go after solving those problems. It's, it's waiting for all of us to do that. We can expand our awareness, consciousness, to expand who we are as beings into this new human being that we're becoming. It's the tension and the contrast that actually helps to push us through to the next level of evolution. Our cells have consciousness and so does the bacteria. So we can also tune into our bodies and, and work with our bodies more knowing that and appreciating these billions of points of consciousness. Now when that change takes place, the momentum that's created in our life from that moment on is monumental insights, the wisdom, the guidance, the direction, the spontaneous goodness, serendipity, coincidence. Things start to work together for good because we're now in a flow of our personal mind, but we're in the flow of the mind of God. Welcome to the Whole Human Optimization Show. This podcast is entirely devoted to the exploration of physical vitality, emotional well-being, and mental fitness. The intention of each episode is to help you discover your deepest truth by ending the cycles of limitation, addiction, and self-sabotage. I am your host, Ronnie Landis, and today we are going to go on a journey into the frontiers of whole human optimization. Let's go. Greetings and aloha. Welcome to another edition of the Whole Human Optimization Show. I'm your host, Ronnie Landis, as always. So today I'm joined by a great guest, a very dear friend of mine. His name's Mr. Mark England. We've done two podcasts together um, a couple of years ago, I want to say, and they were they were actually back to back. It was a part one, part two series. And we focused heavily on his work, which is called Procabulary. If you want to go really deep into that, um, go back to those episodes. I, I think it's like 160, 161, something like that. Um, Mark is an incredible word wizard, wordsmith, um, actually the best I've ever encountered. And I haven't really encountered that many. It's kind of a unique type of work. A lot of people talk about words and how words affect our reality. When you spell something out, you cast a spell, um, your mindset, your attitude, that's everything, how you think determines you know how you feel etc cetera, etc cetera. obviously that's all true and mark approaches it from a very like a very like formulaic scientific and and also very philosophical and i would even say very metaphysical perspective in the way that he guides people through the process of um you know, you know, spell casting their reality or rerouting your framework of your reality based entirely on how you speak to yourself and the words that you use and how to adjust your words to adjust the felt experience of your life. Um, so 
obviously we won't, we'll dive a little bit into that, but before we were, we hit record as you and I do, we, we were going on these little tangents and then all of a sudden discovered some talking points that we wanted to dive into. We have good tangents. And by the way, can I get you to introduce me every single time I ever do anything? Cause that was great. And, um, I'd add in simple, simple. Yeah. To the way I go about doing things. I'm a simple man. And, mm-hmm. um, and all the, I mean, people with people that are smarter than me will look at what we do and describe it in ways like you just did. Uh, and <laughs> I'm on my third documentary, uh, Ronnie, of, of, about, of, of, about third doc. I'm on my third documentary of about consciousness Mm, uh, mm. and I, I, I can barely spell consciousness. I get it wrong half the time. So we'll, we'll call it. And dude, I really do. I, you and I'll get on the phone and we'll just go. Yeah. Yeah. Randomly. It's fun. It, it, absolutely. And that's one of the things I love about you and, and, um, okay. So with the time that we have, I mean, one of the things, well, okay. First of all, let's get this out of the way. Goats. I'm going to a goat summit on Saturday. Mark is going to a goat summit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm up, uh, I'm up in the mountains of Virginia and there's a goat summit on, on this Saturday from from nine to five in in Draper, Draper, Virginia. And it's actually a goat and sheep summit. I should, you know, it's 2021. We got to represent everything. And, um, it's all about, uh, goat milk, raising goats, what goats to what, um, uh, goat husbandry, mm-hmm. uh, shearing goats, goat soap, all those things. And I'm probably going to join the goat association. It's 30 bucks. And I get access to all the key players on the goat scene in, in the new river. Valley. <laughs> this is true, dude. I just, so a lot of times I'll lock onto something, dude. I just, I, I like, I, like I said, I keep it simple. I don't ask questions. If I got a pull, I follow that poll until yeah. there's no poll left. And some mm, polls last mm. longer than others. Like this, this language poll, um, I'm professionally, I'm 14 years in and that thing has got a tractor beam on my ass probably to the rest of my days. Um, uh, we'll see what this goat thing's about. Uh-huh. Um, I just, I really like the idea of them and they're cute too. Goats are amazing. Yeah. Yeah, there, there was. So, what's what's the significance of the goat energy for you? It's the, nothing. <laughs> there's a there's a there's a big significance of a tall, fresh glass of raw goat milk. There's the significance. Yeah. Uh-huh. And mm-hmm. and um, I we got we have a farm, and at some point in time, we're going to get goats on there. And yeah, the difference between my knowledge base about goats um with no goat summits under my belt <laughs> and one goat summit under my belt is a big deal it's a big difference like you used to fight yeah. there's a there's a big difference between no competitions and after your first competition totally yeah so, good analogy go get the goat arena. okay um well one of the things I love about you that actually inspires me and is inspiring me in this moment is that you love to learn. 
Mm. And I, I am connecting that to this, this thing you're talking about, about the pull, right? Cause all of us feel that or have felt that some people place more significance on it than others. You obviously place immense significance on it and you don't ask questions. You just trust, you feel, you go. And that in of itself is great, great kind of insight for people that are wondering, you know, what's my purpose? What do I do? I have all these things that are, you know, I could do this, I could do that. Well, what's pulling you? Go in that direction, explore it. So that that's something I really appreciate about you is you love to learn and you don't seem to have any like um, problem going in any direction that that calls you. And I want to I want to just connect that to your passion for language, because obviously mm -hmm. the thing with language is it's it's a modality and portal for learning. Mm -hmm. Yeah, one of, one of my superpowers is that uh, I'm OK being confused oh. and I, I know how I learn. I, under, I, I get it. I, I've got a degree in education. I've been teaching for donkey's years and or goat's years, pun intended. Um, and I know that the fastest way for me to connect dots is to get in the mix and breathe well. Mm. So when someone's breathing well, as in their breath is low and slow, we pick up information so much easier and faster. When someone's in a stressed state, it's, it's uh, I mean, this is millions of examples, unfortunately, in the American school system, stuff, stuff's going on at home uh, for kids and they come to school all stressed and their grades tank. Okay, it's called amygdala hijack. When, our, when we're, in a, we're, in a, we're in a sympathetic nervous system response, we're in amygdala hijack. Our ability to listen goes way down. Mm -hmm. Our ability to learn goes way down. We lose access to our, our peripheral uh, uh, vision in our imagination and literally and, and in our physical world, we lose access to our creative faculties. We get fixated on something. We become myopic mm -hmm. and we have tunnel vision. So, um, so numerous times I had in, in different arenas, I had, once I figured out what was going on and the fastest way to, to, to get good at something is to, is to immerse yourself and relax. Mm -hmm. And eventually you're going to start connecting dots. So with this whole goat thing, I'm just going to go up there. I'm, I'm great at white belt, dude. I'm so good at white belt. So good at white belt. Um, you know, whether this is a turn on or turn off for your audiences, it is what it is. I am, uh, I am a firearms enthusiast mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I've been doing a, a good amount of practice. Mm -hmm. Um, over the past three years, taking certifications, getting private lessons. And you know what we do every time I walk in there, foundations, foundations, foundations. And they're like, you want to work on some extra stuff? Yeah, cool. Yeah. Towards the end. And let's work on the basics. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That that's, thank you for saying that. Cause that that's, that's, that's good for me to hear. And that's good for everyone to hear because it's so it, it's so easy. And th this is also what I notice, whether it's you're trying to build a business, you're trying to get your health together, you're trying to get a relationship off the ground or to save a relationship or go to the next level, whatever it is. We it's so easy, especially in this world of information overload to get away from the basics and think, oh, well, I need to know some new strategy or it's something over there, or I don't have the advanced technique or the advanced strategies and tactics, or there's something I don't know that I need to know. That may be true, but 
it, it's usually going to be found in the foundation of the thing, right? And so I think there's something I'd like to open up with you. And it's perfect for it's perfect because you're such a practical person and your work is so practical. Um, and when I say practical, I just mean it's foundational. It, it, it works because it's true and it's simple. Um, so I guess what I want to I want to just open up with that is like there, there's two things that I see. There's building a foundation and then there's building upon the foundation. Can you can you just whatever comes up for you around that? Anyone that has mastered anything has got a rock solid foundation. Mm. And what I find is so there's a couple things that I've gotten very good at. I'll just say it because it is what it is. Public speaking and the language work. And the you got to do the reps, folks. You have to commit to the reps. You have to marry the reps. Forget about the outcome. Forget about the big picture target. Fine, yes, have it in sight. And look at that 1% of the time and marry the commit to the process of the reps. So um, when you do the foundational work over and over and over and over and over and over and over again, the last 5% of the magic, whatever it is, the wisdom, the teaching, those secrets only reveal themselves to you in the repetition of the basics. So uh, uh, Stephen Pressfield talks about this, mm -hmm. you know, the muse. The muse will gift you with that, 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 connection of that those 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 dots uh from hours on the clock mm -hmm. and and i'm experiencing this right now so like i said i'm a teacher i've got a degree i was teaching elementary school pe before i got into the language game and and now i uh, i'm the the head coach for enlifted i, I, I facilitate all the trainings all the certifications and there's two levels of of, of teachers in my opinion, or two ways to um, qualify teachers. So level one is the quality of a teacher's students. Mm. Level two is the quality of a teacher's teachers. At some point in time, you've got to teach teachers, train people how to teach this stuff because the information goes in, it goes in and it synthesizes. Okay. And when it starts to come back out, it's in a, and you can, you can spend 10,000 hours. You can spend a decade uh, uh, learning something. You can spend however long at some point in time, if you really want to master something, in my opinion, you must teach it. And if you want to take it to its highest level, you must create teachers. Mm -hmm. And if you really mm -hmm. want the triple gold medal, those teachers must be better than you. That's yeah, your yeah. goal. You're, I'm going to create teachers that are better than me. How do I do that? When you approach something like that, that's quite the lens to look at something through. And I have repeated myself, dude. This is my 260th podcast going on people's podcasts. I have repeated myself so much about what this work is, what it does, 
uh, and why you would want to do it. And in literally like the 150th description, times I've described the same thing, I say it's slightly different and something crystallizes. And not only that, the amount of words that I use goes down. So you're when you start describing something, teaching something, explaining yourself, you're going to have word vomit. And guess what? You do it again and you do it again. And eventually, just like a katana sword, just like mm. a samurai sword, you, you, uh, you, you, you bend this metal and fire it and hammer it over how many thousands? You know more about this than I do. How many thousands of times do they, do they like the best swords? Thousands. I know that. Thousands. Yeah. It's the same thing with the distillation, like an essence, like an essential oil. Right. They, right. they, they bake, they boil that, whatever it is down to its absolute purest core essence. And that could take you a year. That could take you 10 years. It doesn't matter, really. You just go for it until, until you've got the most, and that's where the simplicity comes into mm-hmm. it. Simple is not easy. Anybody can create something that's complicated. It's the easiest thing in the world. It's going to be the first time it comes out of your mouth. It's the rough draft. <laughs> you give me something that yeah. is simple and clear, that is indicative of the reps. That is indicative of time on the clock. Mm-hmm. And those are the people that, that are really interesting. Mm. It, interesting. Right. Because obviously, oftentimes the people that seem the most interesting, or at least we think would be most interesting are the people that are most complex, right. Versus the people that are most simplified. And yet what's, what's most effective complex or simple? <laughs> What did Bruce Lee, Bruce Lee say? I'm not afraid of the guy that, that knows uh-huh. 10,000 kicks. Right. Yeah. Fin- finish it for me. I'm afraid of the guy who knows how to do one kick, ten, who has done one kick 10,000 times. How many times did you fight somebody who had one thing that they mm-hmm. did really well, mm-hmm. and they put that damn thing on, their, on your nose whenever they wanted to? That's the most yeah. annoying thing. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm thinking of one, one person example at like a really big tournament. We both made it to the finals. And, um, he picked me apart seven points. It's like, you know, in Taekwondo, it's like you, you, it's like three rounds or if somebody gets seven unanswered points, then, you know, then it's over. He picked me apart. Turns out he was like, um, you know, you, uh, um, Olympic hopeful and all that wasn't, wasn't faster than me. Wasn't more explosive than me. Didn't have as much as I had. I could have beaten him except at that time. I didn't have that particular wisdom to see what was happening. It was just counter move, just move. Um, The weird thing, you know, it's so funny though, after that fight, because it's not like he knocked me out or anything. It it just was like, bing, 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 bing. Okay, fight's over. And I walked away from that fight and I was actually really like positive. I was like, wow. Wow. Whoa, because if you know, if I got knocked out or something, that would have been that that would not have been fun. Um, but he just picked me apart so quickly, and I had won the fight before, so that was that was good. Um, but it was like, whoa, okay, that that particular thing had never really happened to me before. And I think that that for me just speaks to the power of like refinement and simplicity of just doing what works and not 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 doing any extra and I was doing extra. Yeah. Yeah. 
I've been, I've been in and out of the, the, the kickboxing gym for 25 years. I'm in my 25th year. And, uh, I was just in there last week and the same gym in Richmond, Virginia. I love that place and other gyms, of course, but that's home base. Right. And there's one guy in there. His jab is so good. It's like a sewing machine. As they say, he's the most annoying person to spar in there. Cause he just keeps putting that thing right on your nose. You know, it's coming. Good luck mm-hmm. getting around it. Like somebody that's, that's a very, um, those are very frequently the most annoying people in kickboxing gyms to spar with somebody who's got a really educated jab yes yeah 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 there's, there's no not Superman much you can punch. do with it dude yeah it's 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 not the mike tyson uppercuts it's just a jab a normal every dude right yeah <laughs> so right. <laughs> right yeah so i i think um well you know for me this is this is like and if you're following along right now, what what you might be picking up is that, you know, if things aren't working in your life or in your health routine or in your relationships. You know, that's a that's a big one. Simplicity is key there for sure. Um, there may be a tendency to either not be doing enough, which you know what that feels like. And that probably means you're not doing the right thing if you don't have the motivation to do the thing or you might be doing too much and complicating things and exerting energy. Whereas there might be one golden thing there that you're missing. That's actually the solution to whatever the, the stress is. Yeah. And you might, you might have, uh, you might have a bad metric. Ah, uh, right. What do, what do I mean by that? Uh, I want to, I want to be, so we'll talk about parents and then we'll bring it back to relationships because it's the same metric. Uh, you know, I, I want to be a good mom or I want to be a good dad or I want to be a better mom or I want to be a better dad. Mm. And, and what I have found after 14 years in the game coaching uh, and a lot of parents that that is, that's a hard, that's a hard finish line to get across because it's, it's for whatever reason, it's easy to diminish the wins and, and, and look at where we could have done things better. Okay. And then, and then default to, I'm, I'm a bad mom. I'm a bad dad, which is arguably it's probably the greatest fear of a parent. Then that's probably, it feels like that's probably actually not an easy thing to achieve if you truly love your children that's actually, if you really consider like, oh, I'm a bad parent, you would actually have to really be a bad parent to be a bad parent and simultaneously really love your children. So that, that, that into your work, like that idea or that languaging is very like, it's, it feels very unfair for someone to even say such a thing about themselves if they truly care about, you know, being a good parent. It's sneaky. Now, here, here's, here's what I've watched consistently uh, work. Take out good. I want to be a mm. good mom. I want to be a good dad. I want to be a good boyfriend. I want to be a good, good girlfriend. I want to be a good mm. uh, husband. I want to be a good wife. Take out good and put in fun. Because guess mm. what? Everybody knows when they're having fun. Uh-huh. And fun can be scheduled. You can get that motherfucker on the calendar. Yeah. Okay. We've got next Saturday open. 
what's the most fun thing that we can go do? And then you start looking at that and then you pick something and go have fun, go splash around in a lake, go on a hike, go to a water park, go get some Nerf guns, like go, go be fun, go to an arcade. I, I have nieces. I'm going up to see them this weekend. And there's a couple of things that we do consistently. One of those things is we have fun in a couple of variety of ways consistently. And then there's, you know, there's the outlying experience, but one of those is we always go to arcades. I can't count how many times we've gone to arcades. And I know exactly what we're going to do at the arcade up in Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania. We're going to go in there. I'm going to take a crisp $100 bill. I'm going to slap that bitch on the table. And we're going to get three plastic cards with $33 on them each. And then we're going to go over to our favorite um, game, which you actually get in. It's this it's big. And we're going to drop it. We do it in about 30 minutes. We beat the whole game. And it takes somewhere between $90 and $95. And we just sit there and we blast zombies mm. for half an hour. One of them's 18, mm-hmm. one of them's 10. Okay, and then we go to the batting cage. That's going to happen. And then we watch UFC. It's a great card. On yeah, yeah. And so be a fun. And I've also noticed that the parents that have fun with their kids, they grow up and have the best relationships as adults and adults. Okay. And um, the people in the best relationships, like boyfriend, girlfriend, stuff like that. Uh, they have fun together. Yeah. Be more, just be more fun. Go do more fun things. Cause you, and like I said, you can think about that. What, what's something fun that we could go do. If you do something fun with your partner once or twice a month, you're so winning. It's going to iron out so much stuff. It's, it's actually going to address your breathing patterns. You, you just really, that, I mean, you just hit on something that's actually super profound um, because oftentimes what I could imagine if you're a parent, you know, I have a dog here that, that I've been going through my own process with, you know, he's going through a particular phase and there's a lot of whining. There's a lot of attention seeking. There's, there's like, like, there's a lot of that. I'm trying to do different things and I notice myself getting less um, patient and irritable and just kind of like, oh, you know, like trying to balance that energy. So there's this, this seriousness, right? There's this heaviness that sometimes comes about. And I've really observed that inside myself. And I found like today, for example, I just made a commitment of like, you know what? I, I just, I, I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be that guy. It's not helping anything. So then I realized, well, he just has a lot of energy. And so I need to just chase him around the yard sometimes. And he's smiling, laughing. And I'm like, ah, I'm going to get you, you little, you know, da, 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 da. He's being a dog, right? Reminder number one, a child is being a child. A dog's being a dog. Um, And I'm just chasing him around. And then eventually I'm having fun. And now I'm sitting there trying to exhaust him and I'm getting exercise. So now we're both having fun. And then it didn't have to be this serious thing. And we both got to the outcome that we wanted, right? Um, Did you hear it? Look at the, you just nailed the word. You'll hear somebody talk about um, people in our relationships. Uh, Oh, they're, they're very serious. They're in a serious relationship. I'm like, well, that sucks. (laughs) <laughs> how, 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 how many times you hear somebody say, um, you know, they're, they're, they're very serious or what if somebody said, yeah, they're really fun. What a fun couple. They're a really fun, be a fun couple. Watch what mm. happens. Everything will improve. You're humping like great. Yeah. Just go have more. You want to have better sex? Go have fun. Go have fun. Yeah. 
Rocket science, folks. Rocket mm. science. Mm. Okay. Well, weirdly enough, that brings me. Yeah. I mean, wow. That that brings me up to the one of the other things I wanted to get into with you that you brought up before we started hitting recording was around the existential significance. Right. And, and I just connected that too, because for a lot of us, it may feel really challenging to have fun right now or to prioritize fun um, because there's quote unquote, so much going on. And mind you, there is a lot going on. And for those of us who have gone down the rabbit hole and have understood kind of the depths of all the different things, geopolitically, sociologically, Nerds, economically, and beyond on um, that. There, yeah, that's well, I mean, I'm open to I'm open to 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 unpacking that, too. So go where the go where the flow takes you. That's fine. It's Revenge uh, of the Nerds. It's, the yeah, Lambda variant. The Moo variant. You know, <laughs> we're talking Revenge of the Nerds. Look at these fucking people. Dr. Fauci, he's a nerd. I'll say it to his face. I'll never get the chance. And Klaus Schwab, nerd. Bill Gates, nerd. These guys are evil they're they're bond villain dorks that's right and they tried to warn us with revenge of the nerd movies the lambda variant lambda lambda that that was their fraternity you know the 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 ugliest girls on campus the omega moos there's a moo variant coming out of they're trolling us they're trolling us my business partner adam chin the funniest person i've ever met he goes just so you know, he said this like a couple of years, like 18 months ago when this thing, he was just so you know, uh, as, 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 <laughs> as conditions deteriorate, my comedy gets better. <laughs> Be that person. Right. Be that person. Laugh at the devil. Mm. Leonard Orr told me that. I know. And so now there's two directions, which all are going to simultaneously they're going to simultaneously come together here. So, okay. So this piece that you just shared about, you know, the significance of your work, like you're going to do this no matter what, if there's a nuclear reactor that goes off in your face or whatever happens, you're going to continue doing this because it provides you existential significance. Mm-hmm. Please talk to us about that. It's not even, it's not existential significance and those are those are very those are like used or comfort existential okay that's right that's right thank you and and that's a big word for my those are big words for my vocabulary and only upon a lot of reflection did i realize that that's a a good way for me to to talk about it and that came out of a conversation i was having with one of our level two coaches grant thomas oddball fitness on ig Good, great hacky sack guy. Um, this was about 18 months ago when this thing first started off. It was, it was March, something like that, March 20, 2020. Nobody knew what this thing was. And we're talking, driving down the road, and he goes, well, well what are you going to do? And that's a damn good question. And part of my answer, at least professionally, which also, of course, it's, it's personal. Um, because I love this work. I said, I don't care if a thermonuclear warhead is about to land on my fucking face. I'm doing this work. As in, I'm answering the emails. I'm doing the coaching sessions. I am teaching class. I'm going on podcasts. I'm 
on time for the team meetings. And, and that, that is in a way, just like sparring Mm -hmm. for me Mm -hmm. in the sense that nothing else exists. Mm -hmm. Okay. When I'm on this podcast with you right now, and I'm talking to you, everything else is evaporated. Okay. I'm here and I'm present. A lot of the reason why people are, are their emotional get they're tanking with their emotional endurance is they're just staring at the big picture over and over and over again. And that's, that's called overwhelm action dispels overwhelm folks. Okay. You all have access to things that you can focus down in on and go do. It doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be the, you know, living my best life. YOLO going to go. No, yeah. go on a walk. Okay. Go on a walk. Go, go watch. I mean, there's, there's go practice something, go take a dance class, mm. go do things. And so when I'm in the kickboxing, I was sparring on Wednesday and nothing else exists for that hour. I'm trying my damnedest not to get kicked in the mouth. And I don't have time to think about the nerds and the what what could be coming and, and yeah. all these things. And in that respite, yeah. it's a brief moment in time where I, I I am engaged in something. And, yeah, I'm getting tired and sweaty and everything. And I'm resting from staring at global issues that mm. are, I mm. mean – what the hell am I going to do about the World Economic Forum? Right, right. Like, are they going to answer my emails? Like, right. can I go there and 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 ask for an appointment? Like, like the is or the dub is the WHO going to like buy a bunch of core language upgrades and and have me come in there and talk about soft talk? No, but guess what? There's some people on Instagram. I make a post almost every day. Keep chunk it down. There's some, there's some technical, there's some tech, make things simpler, interact uh, on a, on a more local level. Yeah. Just lo- localize your actions in your, in your mind and your shit, man. Just it, it's, it's, it's chill out. It, yeah. And I mean, for a lot of us, like this is actually really sage wisdom and it sounds so simple and almost like, it's almost like, well, you know, like, wh- what do you mean? You, you have to know about these things. And it's clear, like, you know about some things. You just mentioned some things that indicate that you know about some things. You and I have talked about things. But what I want to add on to that, because it's so true, I have suffered under the weight of the big picture and focusing on the big picture. And I, for one, have a particular mind that can track big pictures um, to their infinite conclusion or the, all the connective details of it. And I have to admit, none of that had made my personal life any better. Now, it's not just about me making my life better. Obviously, like I, I'm not, I don't want to, I'm not going to have my, my head in the sand. And, and there are some, and that's what pulled me, by the way. Like I had a, a deep pull down many rabbit holes that I had to go down. But then, there was a choice point and I'm even coming to that in this moment of like, okay, Ronnie, like there's another choice point. Like, where do you want to put your energy? Because you got the bigger picture. You got that thing down. If, if, if I got anything down, it's the big picture. I got that. 
but now we need to we'll get, talk we to need you about to, it at length. You do. Right. And so now, so now it's like, okay, let's get down to like the, the, the granular detail of, of my life and what I'm trying to do and what I'm trying to achieve, because I want to just bring it back to that one thing you said, which is, I think is a feeling, if anything, that every one of us is trying to find in our life, which is what is that thing in me or that thing in my life that I feel so connected to and so significant or so yeah, connected to and committed to that I'm going to do that no matter what come hell or high water, whatever happens with the world of, of things, the, this and the, that way out there that I'm not even going to control anyways. What is the thing that I'm so deeply connected to that I'm going to keep doing that makes me feel alive? Um, that I think is more important than obsessing over the, 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 this and the, that of the world out there. That's always changing anyways. Your audience is going to hate this answer. Hate it. Loathe it. Then it's probably true. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, I love hanging out with you, buddy. Whether it's on the phone or in person, Ronnie, uh, hosted, promoted and hosted, a workshop I gave in Austin a, a, a few months ago and just said, yeah, just a, 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 a gel with you, dude. Here's the answer. They're going to hate. Attraction is not a choice. Mm. Mm. Good luck talking yourself out of being attracted to someone. Mm. Good luck talking yourself into being attracted to someone. Good luck talking yourself into being, uh, uh, attracted, like, like commit, to, to to your one thing if the if the pole isn't there i've fallen in love twice on site in my life uh one was the with jujitsu first time i got choked the second one was when i watched my first mentor in this work take a woman who was wrecked about a breakup and in 10 minutes um get to the sentence in the story and turn it on its head and watched her whole worldview go. That sentence was, I'll I'll tell you, it's a quick story, it's relevant. I went to an emotional detox workshop and this guy, Barry Musgrave, he's pushing 82, three now. He talked about words, he talked about stories, he talked about identities, and then he asked, has anybody got a story that you've been hanging on to for too long? You want to let it go, you can't. This woman stuck her hand up, and her, her story was that her, her and all her friends got a house down at the beach for beach week. Her boyfriend and all his friends got a house down at the, down at the beach for beach week. Pour uh, um, in heroic amounts of alcohol on top of that, and, and that's called beach week. Chaos ensues. One night, he hooks up with her best friend in front of everybody, and then the next night dumps her in front of everybody. Can we all say ouchie on three? And he walked her through this story, addressed some of the emotional glue that was keeping her locked into, into place on the whole thing, keeping it personal, making it personal. The, and the key sentence was, he did that to me. He did that to me. And there's more to this particular story than just the story. Because guess what, folks? You can talk yourself into doing things. You can talk yourself into being more fun, okay? 
you can talk yourself out of things. You can talk yourself into being complicated. Remember Dylan on 90210? I'm just, he's, he's over there on the, like, I'm just really complicated. Nobody likes complicated people. Like, really think about this, folks. It's serious. I'm serious and sincere about this. Oh, oh hey, hey, this person, you got to meet them. You, you, uh, you're going to really, they're just, they're amazing. You can't say shit to them. No, no one says that. Oh, you got to meet this person. They're just, they're just so easygoing and like, they're easy to talk to and they're, it's simple. And so he took that sentence. He did that to me. And that last word, me, he took it out. He said, take that word out and put in himself. He did that to himself. And it went up at the end, like a question. Because it was very new to her because she'd been addicted to that story of getting trashed, dumped in front of everybody, as in she's the victim. Mm-hmm. He, mm-hmm. he did that to himself. You hear her talking herself into this new story. Then <sighs> the breath. He, he did. He, he did that to himself. And now it's matter of fact. And she was able to, to tell everybody after that. She's like, yeah, I mean, people got really mad at him. His whole social scene, his whole, he like, he, he lost friends over it. And then she goes, you know, he was actually kind of weird. It wasn't going to work out anyway. (laughs) Mm -hmm. The exit, folks. Mm. The exit. Listen, who talks more shit to you than you? Klaus Schwab has never said a goddamn bad thing to my face ever. (laughs) You know, Bill Gates has never called me a loser. I've called me a loser more times than I can count. Mm. Mm. So where's the, where, where's the, where's the rubber meet the road? For me, I know where the rubber meets the road. And so I fell in love at first sight when I saw this work and it has held my attention since I find it fascinating. I find it fascinating changing language. When I mean language, I mean our internal dialogue, what we think and our external dialogue, what we say and what we write, we change words and other things happen. I mean, you, you want to fight the man, you want to fight the system, mm. own your story, mm. own your language, go read 1984 by George Orwell. There's one sentence that stands out above the rest in that entire book, which is no need for coffee, folks. It's quite riveting and very applicable to what we're navigating right now. And that sentence is that quote is when the language is perfected, mm. the revolution is complete. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say that again. When the language is perfected, the revolution is complete. And they're not talking about perfected as in being good. Per- their, their definition of perfected is you can only think in one way about everything. Mm-hmm. You have no ability to change your mind. If you, people talk about changing their life, all, no, all they're saying, all they're talking about is you changed your mind and a bunch of shit happened now and downstream. And if we're talking about changing our mind, you're talking about changing your story. If you're talking about changing your story, you're talking about changing your words. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for me, um, like I said, this is, this is, this has held my, I was a horrible student. Dude. I was a terrible student in, college, in high school, and college, like to the point where I was disruptive on purpose. I liked causing problems because I was bored out of my mind. Mm. Did, I, did not, I, Tired of sitting forever and learning a bunch of shit that made no relevant anything to my life. Um, and this is just, I've got, I've got, I got gas in the tank for everybody. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. It's, it's, uh-huh. it's, it's, it's otherworldly. Mm. 
It's otherworldly. Um, and, 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 and having said that, I didn't know I had fallen in love when I first saw it. I only knew I needed to do this. Mm. And after 10 years of doing this and it uh, holding my attention the whole time, it's like my back piece. I've got my half my back and my arm. It's one. I like it. It's a cool tattoo. It's a, and all I thought for 10 years from 20 to 30 geisha and cherry blossoms. Every time I looked at it in my imagination, I got the same feeling and the same. Yes. I'm like, okay, well, what, what am I waiting for life to send me an email to go get it done? No, that's cool. Go do it. And I did. And it's been on there for 15 years and I love it. I've got, I'm wearing around a piece of art. Um, and, uh, uh, after 10 years of doing this work, I looked around and I said, I don't have any other questions. Okay. I'm doing this for 50 years, five zero, hence my IG, Mark England, 2057. Mm -hmm. I started in 2007. I'm done in 2057. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And, 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 and so my advice is go do something that you have just even a little bit of interest in. Go get in there. Rummage around. If it holds your attention, keep going back. It's, it's a relationship. Mm. So if you keep having fun with someone, if you keep having a good time with someone, keep spending time with them. Mm -hmm. If it gets boring, if it gets old and it's, if it's, if it's, if it's fucking, you know, coffin dust for six months, really reconsider yeah. the next couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. The, again, the simplicity of the wisdom just made so obvious. Um, give us, give us your best Leonard Orr story. I lived on, I lived in Thailand for a decade. How long do I have? I know you got to uh, go do a thing. Yeah. I think we got about, let's say a little more than 10 minutes. So easy. I lived in Thailand for 10 years. Still <laughs> weird to say that. Five of them were in Bangkok. Five were on the island of Koh Samui mm. in the Gulf of Thailand. And there was an, another island called Koh Phangan, which is about a 20-minute boat ride. And Samui is like the bling island. Koh Phangan is, 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 is the hippie island, okay? The, the, the music, the, the, the full moon parties. A lot of people have heard about those. I've been to more than I can count. They're awesome. And over on Koh Phangan, one of the OG party throwers was a guy named Johnny Hay. And he and I were friends and I trusted him. I still trust him. He's great. I trust his, his, his taste, his opinion in all things metaphysics. And I'm over there one day and he just, he just very simple. He just said, Hey man, next, if you ever run across a, a rebirther, go do a session. I did one the other day and it just was amazing. Rebirthing. What's that? breathing. Huh. Okay. So I'm in London two years later and I find a rebirth and it's a train ride across, across town on the tube. And, and then once I get out of the tube, it's about a 20 minute walk to this person's place. So I stop, get a tall coffee, nail that thing on the way in. So I'm like, Zzz. She said, rebirthing. What is that? It's essentially an hour of breathing. As in they're there and they're they're cueing you, they're priming the pump, they're keeping you on pace, and you're just 
going for it. And I went for it. And I had an out-of-body experience. Dude. I ejected out of my body and went to some world where everything was blue. And I came back. I'm like, what the hell was that? And, um, and I did a couple more sessions with her. And so I'm back in Virginia and I look up rebirthing. Lo and behold, the rebirthing international rebirthing university is an hour and 15 minutes away from my family farm. So I call them up. That's another thing. If you want to, you want to get good at stuff, folks, go to the source. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I've studied with eight of the nine founders in person with the systems that have impressed me most. The ones I know about it. There's some great stuff out there. I don't know. And let rebirthing was, uh, so I call them up and I'm like, um, I want to do a session with you. He goes, do you know how much I charge? And I thought he was going to say two grand. And he goes, a thousand. I go, cool. You take cash? Yeah. Book in. I go do a rebirthing session with Leonard Orr and we become buddies. I went and gave four language presentations at the university over the time. I met him in Charlottesville uh, a number of times for coffee. He came to our family farm for dinner. Uh, he was a, he was an oddball, strange cat. He's dead now. He died last year. And, um, and he said, he told me, I forget the context. I just remember the quote. He goes, he goes, you know, at the end of the day, the Trump cards laughter. I'm like, huh? Cause I was a serious motherfucker for a mm. long time, dude, way too serious. And he goes, yeah. If you laugh at the devil, he'll run away. And I just, I didn't say a damn thing. I just looked at him and I was like, I just got bestowed a diamond in my mm-hmm. hand. Mm-hmm. And then another thing, and this is a different conversation, but another letter to war story. Um, we were in Charlottesville. We just had some coffee. We're walking around on the main street and, uh, and he was famous for rebirthing and also money seminars. Mm. So he would give seminars on abundance. And, and I never saw him. And, and apparently he had this green sweater, okay, with dollar bills all over it, okay? Not like hanging off of it, but just like on the, the, in, the, in, the, in the crochet or whatever the fuck it was. And he would, at the end of the seminar, he would just stick out his hand like this and wait. Mm-hmm. And people would eventually get up and line up to put extra money because they'd already paid for the seminar in his hand. And so he knew something. And I said, um, I said, do you think you think we'll ever get out of this this fiat currency chokehold? And he thought about it. Normally he had an answer for everything right off the bat. He thought about it and he goes, I doubt it. And I said, why? And he said, people are too in love with their victim mentality. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, my Lord, dude. Wow. Oh, my Lord. The definition of the victim mentality, folks, and we're closing. The, the, the victim mentality is an acquired personality trait where a person tends to regard himself or herself as the victim of the negative actions of others, even in the absence of clear evidence. The victim mentality depends on a habitual thought process 
and attributions. That second sentence is right between the eyes, right where it belongs. The victim mentality depends, has to have a habitual thought process. Mm -hmm. Habitual accurately implies duration and addiction. And then thought process, uh, a, a thought process we're addicted to. So if it's a thought process, it's a word process. Own your words. Look up, start learning about what words to use less of and why. Mm-hmm. Start with soft talk. Take out the maybes, the likes, the thinks. People in the spiritual spiritual world suffer extra with soft talk. Sort of, kind of, maybes. Creates massive amounts of indecision and anxiety. And, and it also puts you in a stress state, traps your breath in your chest, and makes you you're, you're thinking about thinking about doing something. Solidify your speech. Watch what happens. Your breathing will descend. Your shoulders will drop. Your butthole will unpucker. Your, mm-hmm. your, 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 your jaw will loosen up, and you'll have a lot less drag. You want to be a boat. Be a boat. Be a boat with big wake, little drag. Well, it's like the the in-between between making a decision and kind of making a decision right it's like that energetic it just puts us in a like a standstill and it creates anxiety that that i think is part of what creates depression depression's a downstream causal effect of you know these little inaction. indecisions these inactions yeah. and then wondering why am i stuck well why do i keep telling myself i'm stuck <clears throat> a hundred million dead squirrels can't be wrong <laughs> indecision's a motherfucker <laughs> y'all know what i'm talking about squirrel runs out goes left goes right goes left goes right dead but it would have been fine if it went right or left yeah pick a lane it's a practice it's a habit mm-hmm. yes that's that's actually a big mirror for me right now picking a lane and then going all in on the lane Jack Welsh right before I went to Thailand everybody I watched he's a CEO of he was a CEO of some so huge business I think it was IBM or, or I think it was IBM doesn't matter look him up Jack Welsh very respected person in the business world I watched an interview with him for an hour I only remember one thing he said he said don't dabble mhm 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 don't dabble it's like you see somebody who's a this word i find comical a healer okay and they they do 17 different modalities like no do one do one and do it the best you can matt jack of all trades master of none (sighs) yeah well i think that's a a perfect, beautiful mirror for all of us that are really adept at connecting a lot of dots and doing a lot of things and scouring the internet for all the gems and jewels in every conceivable niche and nook and cranny and subject matter and rabbit hole there is. And yet after all of it, there you are once again, trying to figure out what the heck do I do with all this? Leave the leave the nooks and crannies to your your English muffins. <laughs> that's what I love about you, and that's what every time we interact, it, it's 
it just brings, I can have like advanced, like metaphysical conversations with a lot of people that are also very useful too. There, It's just a different language. It's a different thought process. But when I talk to you, it's like, it's such a mirror of just simple truth. That's actually, I feel more, I feel more ready and motivated to actually take action on simple things that are going to move the needle than I do in some of the, the other more quote unquote advanced or, or high level conversations that are like really great for my intellect and get me thinking about different things, but don't necessarily like root and anchor me into the, into like, do this, move here. One, two, done. Dude, smash, smash everybody, smash the next 48 hours. That's all you got to do. The next two days, crush that. I am low level. I'm Mm -hmm. low level by nature and by, by nurture. Okay. I don't know what the fuck's up with the mountaintop, nor do I care. I'm, I'm the guy at the bottom selling snow cones and maps. Nice. <laughs> I don't know. You'll find out when you get there, but but this is what I'm here to do. Yeah, I, I love it, brother. Um, actually, I wish I had a lot more time to dive deeper into to your work here. Um, I appreciate the conversation and and the the beautiful little tangents that we go on. Um, so vocabulary, where can people find more, but biz, biz guys, for, for all of you listening that have followed along this long into the conversation, Mark's work is incredibly valuable. And if you resonate with the conversation, what's been shared, I just want to encourage you to at least go and check out his work and probably check out those other podcasts we did, or some of his other podcasts on other pot on other podcasts that go deeper into his work because it, it really is invaluable. So where can people go deeper into that? Go to procabulary.org. Click on courses. There's a three minute promotional video. If you dig it, go to the checkout page, hit add coupon, enter next level. It's a $300 course. You get a hundred dollars off one word next level that, that you, you own the course forever. And it will, it will change your life because it will change your stories and it changes your stories because it changes your words. It's a deep dive folks into the language patterns of the victim mentality. And so what words to use less of and why, and then a deep dive into what words to use more of and why Mm. mindset made practical as you can practice thinking, speaking, and writing differently, do something different, get something different rocket science. Yeah. Okay. Beautiful, beautiful way to conclude. Do something different, get something different. Bam. Um, man, what what else can I say? Just appreciate you so much. Always so good to connect with you, bro. Nerds and goats, dude. Nerds and goats. That's yeah. We might tell me. To, yeah, we'll we'll we might have to go deeper into that on part two. I'll send you some pictures, dude, from the goat summit. Please do. Weekend. I can't. I can't wait. <laughs> Uh, All right, Ronnie. Have a good night, buddy. Thanks for listening, everybody.